Yes, this one's going to be an absolute doozy. We're going to be talking through the bat ball all-rounders for BBL Supercoach. And let me tell you, there are plenty of options that you're going to want to consider this year. We will also have a special guest joining us with a proven track record in BBL Supercoach with plenty of success. We will talk you through our thoughts on our must-haves, the pods, the cheapies, and the busts. Nath, let's get to it. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It's another Insight, a BBL show on the Insight Podcast Network. I'm the Super Coach Brain. You can find me on XSC underscore Brain and the Big Horse is with me as always. And we have a special guest in the in the studio today, don't we? Yeah, don't we? I'm a, yeah, a little bit, a little bit excited, a little bit giddy. This this man knows what he's doing. He does, oh, mate. I try, uh, I try to um try to give off the perception that I know what I'm doing, but <laughs> like all of us, a lot of luck's involved. Now, mate. Well, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. We've got Nathan Scoble on. Uh, he doesn't like telling everybody he's five time top seven fifty finisher. Uh, we were going to make up another number just to make it sound a little bit different, but we thought no, top top seven fifty five times is pretty impressive, mate. Uh, how's the team shaping up? There's been a lot going on in the off-season so far. There has been. Um, I dare say there's been, like everyone really, there's been multiple players in, multiple players out, really trying to just, I guess, narrow it down to that core group of players and then play with extra pieces that you can sub in, sub out, and try and not do too much damage and remember the reasons why you picked certain players. Yeah, there, there's an argument, isn't there, uh, both ways for most players this year, I think. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to dive into those a lot more in this episode. But before we do, please, guys, for, for those of you that have subscribed, thank you. If you haven't, hit the little button down below. You can like, you can follow, you can leave us a review, do all those things. And, uh, of course, if you haven't joined the Unlimited group yet, get involved, 482-267, or the link is in the description below. Uh, we're giving away a champion, Supercoach Champions ring for the winner, and we're also giving away some weekly prizes. So thanks to the standard squeeze, we've got a weekly prize for the top scorer in that league every single week. So jump on that one. It's free to join. And uh, of course, lastly, jump in the Discord because we're doing a community team as well. So everyone gets to vote on the captains, the moves, the trades every single week and what the final team looks like before we kick off round one. Speaking of round one, we've got a bit of news to go through. It's time for some news from around the league. Now, boys, it's it's been chaos, hasn't it? The last week or so, we've we've had a number of players either go down with injury, they've been selected in PM's 11 cricket, which means they're going to miss the start. We've got Pakistani players being held back by the cricket board over there. Uh, it, it's it's chaos, isn't it? Scopes, what's your take on on everything going on at the moment? What are you what are you looking for specifically? Um. Well, just, just to go back to your point regarding about the chaos, I definitely agree that there is chaos, but I think those those people that are switched on and they're um, actually looking at dates, they understand when tournaments end, when tournaments start. <clears throat> Especially, um, I know there was confusion regarding Munro's availability, but it's come out now that he's obviously available for round one. And when I say round, round one, that's the full uh, three-game allotment. I just honestly do research, but the way the way that I look at it, I think once again go back to those core players. If the players that I'm thinking about aren't affected by that, I could not give two shits. 
if they are, that well, then I need to search for that. You know, set set say ten minutes a day, just search their name, see what pops up. You might see if they're in form. You know, if you search Quinton de Kock, you'll see that he was man of the match in a T10 game last night. So mm-hmm. it's it's amazing what you can do if you don't just go off what other people say, so to speak. How good you know, to make decisions? Yeah, no, it's, it's it's wonderful. And then, I mean, even, there was even a practice game today where um, Jack Wood, sixty-two point five k DPP, he he did a fair bit, but also Brown went absolutely bananas. And I'm assuming when that gets out, people are going to be all over that. Aren't they? How yeah, good? Re- how's a good research in cricket instead of? Having to sit with the missus and watch who wants to be a wife or whatever it is. Oh, some of the shit shows that are on every single night. You just think, oh, yeah. I might just do a little bit of tinkering here and there. And then yeah. you start looking at blokes that you've never even thought of before. And yeah, you kind of convince yourself to make all these random moves because you've had a little bit of time to open the app. But yeah, I guess we're all prone to that at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, we'll, we'll rip into the, the news. You, you mentioned a couple of things already, Scope, so that's a good little start. Now, Kane Richardson, he's gone and injured his glute. He was actually in my team, and I really liked having him in my team, and now it, there's a bit of risk there that he, he's not ready to go. Uh, we haven't really heard anything uh, in, in terms of the update there, but it doesn't look good. Does this open the door, or who does this open the door for? Maybe Big Horse, you can start. You're a Renegades man. Peter Siddle, does he get an extra look, or are we looking more at Will Sutherland? For me, I've just done the old switcheroo because I had a little bit of cash left in the bank and bought in the chief himself, Will Sutherland. So we know he can use the bat a little bit. Do you think, or you guys, I'll put it to you first, Scobes, and then to you, Nath. Do you think with Kane Richardson potentially being out that this opens the door for the chief to bowl some death overs with Tom Rogers? Where do you see him batting as well? I'd say yes. Um it, it, it just depends because the Renegades, they they actually look good for once. They mm-hmm. actually look like a decent side. Like they've got a squad that actually works in my eyes. Um, I guess we all know Sutherland, he's, he's very good. He's very good. There's no denying that. But I just think he's never batted higher than six in a T20 game. Never. Mm-hmm. And we all know how shit they've been. So, I mean, it's it's like an old man circus there. I mean, Sean Marsh hasn't played any type of cricket and he's apparently just going to waltz back into this lineup. Finch is, you know, how old he is, th- 37 and would probably put down a pack of Winnie Blues quicker than you can put down your lunch. Let's be honest. I just don't know if someone like a Richardson being injured would affect Sutherland majorly. Mm-hmm. I don't – there might be some death overs, absolutely. Like there's always a possibility of that when you take someone out of the equation. But in that all-rounder type mould, I don't think it's going to affect it too much. Like it's not It's not as if um, a top top order bat has gone out and he's suddenly going to shoot up from, say, seven to four, for instance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his pedigree certainly increased um, over the last couple of months. I think he's showing what everybody's um, depicted him to be. But, yeah, I I just think they're – yes, they're clearly going to be in the 11, but they're very, very different players. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I kind of agree. I think you probably see him bat seven, 
Um, hopefully he gets his three overs. I mean, that makes him relevant. Super coach world. He gets the economy rate bonus, hopefully. And, you know, batting seven isn't the worst. And, and you're right. I think, you know, there's, there's so much going on with that, that, that top order at the Renegades, isn't there? Sean Marsh and Nick Maddinson are the two names that we keep throwing around as can't, will they play? Won't they play? We're not sure. Does Jake Fraser McGurk get a run? We don't know. Uh, so we've got to kind of see what this lineup looks like in game one before we start to make too many decisions around the Renegades. But look, I, I don't think it's a bad pick picking up Sutherland, 150-odd K, I think he is. It, there, there's a lot worse picks that you can make than him. Um, my my kind of eye is now looking towards Peter Siddle a little bit more than, than what it was previously, purely because there may be another opportunity for him to play more games. I know they've come out and they've said that they're going to be arresting him and they've been open about it, so that's my concern there. I'm not quite sure whether that changes their plans or whether they just stick to that load management plan they've got for Siddle and they look elsewhere. Um but there's risk all over the park, I think, with with Kane Richardson yeah. going down. There was a lot more certainty with him in the team. I'll put it. I'll put it like that. <clears throat> now, Ahmad Wasim has also been signed by the Stars to replace Dawson. So uh, Dawson now coming for the first three games, I think it is. So he'll play the yeah. double for the Stars in game one. He'll obviously be on the buy in game two, and then he'll play the first of the two games in round three, and then he'll piss off back home, which is lovely of him. And uh, Ahmad Wasim, who played some cricket with the Renegades, I think it was a couple of years ago now. Um, he comes in to replace him for the rest of the series. Uh, do you, do we know much about Wasim Scobes? We'll start with you. Uh, all I know is that um, I got extremely burnt by him um, in his first stint with the Renegades. He's just, from what I can remember, he's just that cagey, fairly sure he's a left arms, left arm off spin bowler that obviously can hit the ball quite well. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think he's relevant. If it was the other way and it was Wasim for the first three games and then it was Dawson, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I dare say we all know what their pricing formula is like. It's literally like you, you don't know. You've got no – like it's taking a stab in the dark. You can guess, you can take an educated guess, but at the end of the day it's up to them. If he's oh, – I dare say it would be 130 plus, you'll have DPP, but are you really going to go there? No, like, not not with the availability issues there. No, like, no. And I mean, Dawson even coming in at 105K, even with the DPP, Max is an absolute lock. That's mm-hmm. that's a given. By round two, if you're taking Stoinis in, that's two stars. If you're having a loop, that's obviously a player that's not playing. That's three that's not playing in round two. Are you really going to be having Dawson for the double then just to trade out? I just, yeah, <clears throat> unfortunately... No. Yeah, there's just no interest, no. Yeah, no, I think I think we're both with you. Um, big horse, I'll <laughs> ask you this one, mate. Uh, David Payne has been signed by the Strikers. He comes into Supercoach 139K. So speaking on the dog's breakfast of pricing formulas, I'm not quite sure where the 139Ks come from because I think he played four games for the Scorchers last year and averaged mm-hmm. 67 or something like that. Um, so... He was good and very relevant over there. Does he become relevant now with the strikers now that Rashid Khan's obviously out? This is their international pick, which means they're probably locked into Menenti as well. And I'll go one further. Does that hurt Overton? I think so. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it does, 100%. So when when we're talking about David Payne, is it 139K? They've got the single in in round one, sorry, into the double in round two. Yeah. Is he worth stashing on your bench for the double so you don't have to worry about bringing him in for round two? 
like we've spoken about doing it with Matthew Short, he's 100K cheaper than Short. Is it a consideration? I saw... Um... I saw Scobes' ears prick up when we said Matt Short. So Scobes is the yeah, yeah. the president of the Matt Short fan club. I've heard. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Applications. How do are I become open. a member of this? Uh, you just need to send me um, copious amounts of money, and we can get that sorted. But no, yeah. no. Honestly, in 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 all seriousness, I think David Payne is a is a class classy cricketer. He complimented the stri- uh, the scorches very well. I think he was almost like a a wish Berendorf. Um, mm-hmm. not to throw any shade on him. Um, he did really well. He's actually a pretty good fielder as well. He can't bat. That's When when you're selecting him, you're hoping for fielding points and you're banking on wickets because you're not going to get anything with the with the stick. But it's honestly, strikers are just, it's it's so hard to predict because if, if you're going into round two without Matt Short, you you should be deleting the app straight straight up. It's fairly simple. The only player that I was considering stashing on my bench that I guess is at um, an elevated price, so to speak, not at rookie price, was Khan, just because he has this immense record against the Heat. And obviously he's pulled out due to his mm. injury. But I just don't – when you say Payne or Khan, to me it just feels like – one is in such a high echelon that you you're willing to stash on the bench, like you're willing to, I guess, almost take away from your starting fielding team to have him on the bench. Whereas David Payne, it's like, well, as you said before, does it hurt Overton? Well, what if it it doesn't and Payne doesn't mm-hmm. actually bowl his four overs? I know we've been yeah. accustomed to seeing him doing that, but will he actually? Does that just drop down to three? I mean, what what happens if Obviously, Short's going to bowl. What happens if they pick um, Menenti as well? Mm. Does, does that mean that yep. Payne might only bowl three? And I know it's only an extra six balls, but that six balls, if that's at the death, that could be that could be your wicked bonus. That could be anything. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's more of a wait and see for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I originally kind of got a little bit overexcited and added him in thinking, oh, this could be my... Nice little Adelaide bench stash, so I can go into Adelaide's double in round two and be a little bit ahead of the game. And I think it's still a good tactic, but I, I'm probably more inclined to move across to having Menenti on my bench, the seventy odd k I think he is. So it's it's much easier to free up cash than to make sure that your starters are, are strong in round one. It's probably my preference in in terms of of that and save sixty k rather than David Payne, but still yeah. could be in a good option in round two. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Now Steve Smith. He's been priced at 267k, which is the highest price in uh, in Supercoach this year. He'll be playing game one for the Sixers. He will not be playing the double, but this this now creates more questions around the Sixers' batting order. Um, I mean, there was uh, what Jack Edwards was probably in line to have one of those spots at either three or six. You, you also had Curtis Patterson, who's been in probably the worst form of his life. He's probably no chance. Um, you know, you've got so many options there. Daniel Hughes as well has been pretty poor recently. So it's probably Jack Edwards is to lose. He probably loses out here, doesn't he, Mick? What are your thoughts? Yep. Since this uh, news is generated, Jack Edwards has been removed from my side. It'll severely hurt him in the first round. Yeah. yeah. And, and Scobes, you're not, you're not crazy enough to just have a punt on one game from Steve Smith in round one, are you? I just... No, no. Like you, you've got to think about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Smith could outscore eighty-five percent of the double game week players in one dig. Like that's 
We, we saw that last year. That's that's a proven fact. But at the start of the year, don't you want to play the percentages? Don't you want to play the averages first and then try and break away? Like you don't want to shoot yeah. yourself in the foot at the start of the race. Like that, That's just way yeah. too risky for me. And, you know, maybe if it was 180K, I mean, that's you can stomach that. But 267K, that that's two decent players and, you know, a Darcy short on your bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that, yeah. that, that's an upgrade. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, nah, nah. D- it's... big no from me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think we're with you on that one, mate. Now, there's uh, been three uh, pretty impressive hundreds that have been hit in, in domestic cricket recently or in the trial matches that you mentioned today. Uh, Jake Fraser McGurk scored 100 after being caught it for what looked like caught at first slip. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what happened there. I didn't see the see the end result of that, but um, this is going to now spark the next wave of interest in Jake Fraser McGurk again and, until that then dissipates again until we see Renegade's starting lineup and what their, what their first 11 or best 11 looks like, whether Marsh and Maddow are fit uh, is probably what hangs on Jake Fraser McGurk. Uh, Sam Harper also whacked the third fastest 100 in Shield cricket history with uh, 150 off 100 rocks, which is a very impressive knock. Uh, followed by four today. So the uh, the cricketing gods, they're raining down on him, uh, bringing us all back down to earth. And then Josh Brown, like like Scobes mentioned at the start, 100 or 40-odd rocks in the trial against the Renegades today. But let's face it, they were versing a Renegades Academy 11. Um, it definitely wasn't an impressive Renegades Academy 11 either. So, um, you know, do, how much do we take from these scores? Scobes, you first. Mate, Jake Fraser-McGurk, Sam Harper, Josh Brown, these guys in the conversation? Um. Honestly, Fraser McGurk, I just think I think the Renegades have have actually built a squad. And when I know that's very easy to say, but when you actually think about a squad, you've got to have so many key elements to it. And it looks like they've actually been able to, I guess, put all the puzzle pieces together. They look like a very um, well-oiled machine, so to speak. But then mm-hmm. I just think like Fraser McGurk, he, he could be batting six. He, he could easily be batting six and doing absolutely nothing. As, as I said before, um, if Sean Marsh, who's literally played no cricket, waltzes back into that lineup, and I, don't get me wrong, classy player, but how many more years has he got? Like if he bends down to pick up the soap in the showers, those hammies are gone. Mm-hmm. That's, that is like, yeah. there's, there's no ifs or buts about that. I'd love to see that lineup and see, you know, if Marsh is taking more of a mentor type role, maybe sitting out a few games, then easily you could jump on McGurk straight away. If you knew that he was going to be at the top of that order, all you need is, say, three games from him and you're making cash. Harper at 130K, I know he made 150 the other day, but, I mean, some of those highlights, they're just cross-bat slaps that have just found found gaps. And don't get me wrong, he's obviously middled a few to put him over the fence to make 150. But at 130K, and he also plays for the Stars, I just... With their fixture, no thank you. Brown is interesting because uh, I spoke about this before. That I think there's going to be a group of Heat players that just absolutely pop off. And if you're mm-hmm. one of the ones, whether it's luck or intelligence, to have, say, three quarters of them, you're going to be flying. Brown could easily have like be in that round one team and he could mm-hmm. score 20 points in three games. He could mm-hmm. score 200 yeah. points and you're off. It's it's going to be interesting because I does he open? Like, w- will he actually open? Because where, where else can he bat? 
Yeah, I, think yeah, I don't I see mean, him batting down the order. He has to has to open, doesn't he, with Usman in game one, and then that just shifts Munro down to three and potentially Marnus to four, Billings to five. That's probably the only way yeah, I'd see him squeezing yeah. into this lineup. Yeah. Which is, he's, he's not going to bat in the middle order. The one, the one <laughs> bloke that um, we spoke about before, Jack Wood, I, he batted at four today and made 57 off 25, not out. And obviously, he's, he's it's basically Milo cricket standards. Um, but... You still got to hit the ball. You still got to make those runs. Mm-hmm. If he's in that team for that first game, my God, it is going to be so hard not to pick him, just because of that DPP. You can loop him. It's get, it, mm-hmm. if he's there, one of the cheapest players in the game, and if he performs well round one, I mean they're going to lose two players automatically. Surely mm-hmm. he keeps his spot. So that's going to be a little bit of a conundrum that I think we're all going to be in, but. Yeah, the other ones, no, no thank you. No, I'll definitely yeah. be passing on them. But obviously things can change. The beauty of it is we get a good look, don't we, the majority of the way through the round. I think with Fraser McGurk, they play the second game. So <laughs> you can have a look. And if he gets named at three, and uh, you might want to just chuck him in your team at 60-odd K. Like, yep. get, have so a crack if he's batting at three. If he's batting at six, no thanks. Let that one through to the keeper. So you oh, can make these decisions quite late. Oh, if if he's batting at three, he's such a much better choice than a Darcy Short, and you're going to yeah, save twenty odd k. Like that yeah. that bloke literally doesn't know which end of the cricket bat to hold. Same with um, Curtis Patterson you mentioned before. I know it's not any relevance, but I guess they're grouped in that um, bubble of having yeah, literally no price. clue at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Plenty to consider. Uh, Josh Brown, even maybe an emergency bench loop. You can just chuck him as your emergency in, in game one and just see what happens. And if he pops off in game one, you can use the loop. You can bring a Chowdhury in. You can, you know, have a crack at a Jack Wood, whatever. But um, maybe that's your risk-free play on, on Josh Brown at 88K. Worth worth considering. Um, mate, let's dive into that. That's all the news, essentially. Uh, let's dive into the dual position bat bowl players this year and there are tons and there's some really cracking options and I think you know we've spoken about it in previous episodes as well Mick where this is the role that you're looking for isn't it you're looking for as many of these kind of dual position guys with really nice roles as possible um, because we do know that if you if you get a bat in the top six and you also get a bowl your, your chances of scoring super coach points increase exponentially so yeah. speaking of we'll kick off with our first must have and that's Glenn Maxwell and I don't even know whether we need to talk about him no no just pick the bloke. No. Just pick him. Yep. Move, He's still no. 60% owned. 40% of people don't have him. That, that surely has to be like auto-select or something. People that just wait, you know, a night before it starts. Because there's no way anyone in their right mind that has any interest in cricket has not seen what that man's produced in the last month. Just as a cricket fan in general, you might not even play Supercoach, but just watching this bloke bat over the last month, those two knocks, the one the other night as well, where he had, what, what is it, 22 off the last over, last ball for mm-hmm. four to win. Um, I know, I, that's just, just insane cricket. It's insane. And um, luckily he went for 30 off his last over as well. He had to bowl that last one because Richo couldn't suit up. Otherwise he wouldn't have got that ton. So smart man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. We'll leave Glenn Maxwell, park him, get him in your team. Now, this one, I mean, a point of contention, I guess, at 25% owned roughly is Tom Curran. 180K, he's coming into that import price. He hasn't played much BBL the last couple of years, but when he was, he was one of the top picks. Uh, Mick, you first. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you running with him? Because For me, he's he's one of the locks in my team at the moment. Does a bear shit in the woods? 
just asking because he's a lock in my team. So he's batting at six. He bowls death. Is there a better role in Supercoach? Probably not. Curran and Sam's likely have the best roles in BBL Supercoach this year. He hasn't played much since his injury, and no news is never great, but hopefully we'll have some clarity pre-round one. But for me, he's in. How about yourself, Scopes? Bit of an no-brainer? Absolutely. 180K is underpriced. Um, And I think even even if he doesn't play, like the injury news, he left the Trinbago Night Riders on the September of the 12th. Thing that really screams maybe a little bit of danger is the replacement that they signed. They signed Samit Patel as a replacement. Now that just screams oh, to me like they literally this this thing's just come out of the blue. Like he wasn't playing with it. It's it's just happened. It's a fresh new injury, which is that's a bit scary. And the fact that we've got literally no knowledge on it. Like there's there's nothing. But I de- he'll be out here soon, so we'll get something. But 180K, DPP, even if he doesn't front up for the first game, he's still got literally your tick under 200K to go to whoever you want. Yep. Yeah, that's if, right. If, and they play the second game. He, yeah, even if he's got, you know, one and a half legs, he's, he's still in there because he's just got a fantastic role. There's nothing worse than seeing yep. a bloke just absolutely junk it up at the end and mm-hmm. their score goes from nothing to the top and you don't own them. Yeah, uh, Luke Wood from last year springs to mind where he would come in and bowl some pies at the end of the innings and get carted everywhere but still manage three wickets a game and end up with 70, 80 super coach points. And you just think, how? This bloke's bowled absolute powder puffs for the at the back end of the innings. But that's the role. That's the role he had. He got to bowl death, and that's what you get when you bowl death. So happy days for him, mate. Now, now as president of the Matt Short um, fan committee, fan club, are you a guy that's stashing him on the bench in round one using him as a loop? I was initially, I was initially, but that was all dependent on a certain other player's injury, Jai Richardson. So okay. he he is an absolute lock for me, Richo. Um, Matt Short is. We we all know that he like, he's just got such a good role. He's going to be the captain. He will literally dictate and do whatever he wants. Um, and I think the experience playing at international level is really going to suit him. As I said before, if you're going into round two without him. Like you're, you're hiding behind the couch or you're deleting the app. You're turning the TV off. You don't want to hear about cricket for that round. His chances are he's going to absolutely destroy you. So round two, absolutely. 36%. I mean, that's it's a bit of a kick in the guts because it should be more like 98, 97 for anyone that you know does know their cricket. But yeah. round, round two, that should definitely be 100%. And you need to have a plan right Mick to get him in like you need to are you, are you keeping money in the bank to make that move in round two yeah and I like Scobes's way that he's talking about it here. he gets Richo in round one for the double game week and then bang you can just trade sideways straight into Matt Short for his double in round two yep I'm um considering the same move or I'm going to make sure that I leave at least 80k in the bank um to make sure that I can pretty much get up to him from one of those 150, 160K guys at worst case. Or, um, you know, if he kills it, I might need to just go up from a Curran or something like that or go up from a Sean Abbott. Uh, the beauty of it is that he's a dual position, so you can use him at bat or bowl. So you're not really limited too much with where you can get him in. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He's an absolute no-brainer for round two. If you're not starting with him, you just need to find the cash to get him in. Now, there's an argument here. I was looking at Supercoach Guns and the SC Hub put up a, a bit of a video and did a podcast yesterday on Daniel Sams and the the relevance of potentially starting with Daniel Sams as the Thunder play the sixth game. Yeah, the sixth game of the round. So 
I guess it's interesting food for thought with Daniel Sams, and you can start with him on the field. You can loop a Josh Phillippe if you're taking a punt on him. And the Sixers play two games before the Thunder even play one. So you get two looks at Phillippe. You could get two looks at a Jake Fraser-McGurk because the Renegades play both of their games before them as well. And then if it doesn't come off, there's worse players to lean into than Daniel Sams on a single with the role that he has. Any bite there or any love there for using that loop situation with the Thunder playing so late, Mick? Kind of. But it's a risk, isn't it? Really, yeah, it's a huge risk. You run leaving your run really late if you're using that loop for someone that's playing the sixth game of the round. Yep. Probably a little too dodgy. Or not dodgy, but too a little too risky for me. Scobes, any any sort of interest or nah, probably better to spend not. the cash elsewhere? Nah, nah, no way. Um Sam's Sam's a quality, he's a quality player, quality player, and he's got that. He's just got that junk roll, doesn't he? As we just spoke about. Yep. Um, but he, his bowling was a little bit off last year. Like it wasn't. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's just got like Ty did. Just got so obsessed with those variations, and yep. you know, not just doing the simple things. Like I noticed, he, he was barely swinging it, and that was such yeah. a weapon straight up at the it start. Does. But yeah. it was just these cross seam, you know, bang it into the pitch. He loves playing up at Sydney. Um, mm. But yeah, nah, dead I, wickets I just, over there at the showground. Oh, yeah, if it's not raining. I mean, you need an umbrella <laughs> and you might need your flippers to actually get on the pitch. But it's just, <laughs> nah, I don't. That's That would be last resort type of operation because I like flexibility. Yeah. I wouldn't want to have yeah. to bank on him at the end of the round with that much cash tied it's up. A yeah. Yeah. You can use your loop in other ways that are probably safer as well. So it might be worth yeah probably looking in that direction. I mean, Perth play late too, which, and there's probably a better way to use it there by using your Perth players who have some fantastic options. And um, mate, before we move into pods, uh, pods are brought to you, of course, by the standard squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently. We thank them for their support on the podcast. And uh, you can go to the standard use the code insight 15, get yourself 15% off all their stuff there. Now, uh, any more must have scopes before we move on to the pods? Oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. This, there's a bloke that I'm huge on at the moment. I checked this morning. He's only in 8% of teams. Paul Walter. Okay. I think he is, he is going to be one of, if not the only Brisbane Heat player that plays the full allotment of games. Like this bloke, he goes at 147 with a stick, averages 21. He should bat at six, but yeah. he's also had almost 100 innings at five as well. We all know the heat. They are just criminal for a collapse. I mean, Munro could be out first ball. Same with Brown. Munro could be 36 off literally 10 balls. So he's not batting time. He's he's there for a quick time, a good time. He's not there for a long time. And he's going to have the death overs as well. Even I'm fairly sure he played for Essex, even though there were um, much more, I guess, prodigious bowlers that could bowl death overs. He was still bowling those death overs at the end. And he fields okay. in good positions and he's he's yeah. built too. So when he hits the ball, a big even if it's, top, yeah. if it's a top edge, it's going. Mm. So he, yep. he's definitely a lock. Even at 105K, that's just I mean, that's all crazy. day of the week. Um, another one, Hardy. He's, yep. I think he could seriously have the best role in Supercoach. Four overs with the ball. Even if he doesn't bowl four overs, he'll bowl. He'll at least bowl two. He'll bowl three, 
and he's going to be batting at three. Yeah. Like, I think we've forgotten how good this bloke actually is, and we started to see that at the end of last year. How good was he? You didn't even need to bowl. Uh, I think he top scored with the bat, didn't he, with last year? Um, very impressive uh, and, and started nice and cheap as, as well from memory. So, yeah, 100%. I'm on board with both the Walter and the Hardy picks. Um, I've got Walter at the moment as well. I've seen some people a little bit worried about him batting six. I think he will bat six. Some people are predicting he might bat a little bit lower. But um, I think they need that genuine all-rounder in the middle of the in the middle of the order and a guy that can hit big. Guy's six foot eight. They don't call him Tall Paul for nothing. Uh, he, he, he's going to launch is, some bombs. He's built like a genuine brick shit house. Like the, mm-hmm. this man, when the, he hits the ball, it stays hit. And as he just spoke about all rounders, who else do they have? Presswidge? Well, he, no. Wildermuth? W- Wildermuth, I mean, has been in decent form, but I, ju- I just don't see it. Like Wildermuth could be one of those blokes that doesn't play the first game because the test players are back and then plays the next two. So you're really going to pick a bloke that's not playing the first game and you're going to bank on him playing the next two. But I just, there's a lot of hype for Wildermuth and I think we all remember... I think it was a game against um, the Thunder. He took three far and made a quick fire 30. And he went from like 80K to 120 and he got all the way up to 160. And I think mm-hmm. that just, that memory sticks in our head because he has done absolutely nothing since coming back from injury. And I know that's very harsh yeah. to say because it's not, you know, it's not just a hammy. Like he did his ACL, but like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying it. Like he's 91K for a reason. And as the and president guess, of the uh, Jack Wildermuth fan club, I'll uh, pass that message on. <laughs> yes, um, just make sure the, uh, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted for me, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, I think or we also need to consider an ACL isn't a small injury. No, it's a severe, no, it's not. big injury yeah. that you got a lot of time out. It takes you a long time to get back to full fitness. And even then, I mean, football, a little bit of a different story, but we look at the footballers that come back. Their first season back is pretty ordinary in comparison to their form before their ACL. And we might see a little bit of that from from him as well. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit tentative for the same reason. Um, now, speaking of pods, I guess we could probably call both of them pods. Aaron Hardy's 19% owned right now, so he's sub 20% somehow. Um, and Paul Walters, 5%, like you mentioned, Scope. So that, those Paul Walters, automatically a bit of a lock for me. I think that's crazy kind of percentages. And I did this yesterday, so maybe it's gone up. But Well, yeah, I, I had a look this morning. Walters in 8% and Hardy's in 23%. But that was this morning. So I don't know oh, if something's go. changed since then. But yeah. No, I did these notes yesterday. So there's a good chance they've climbed up overnight since yep. uh, some news overnight. But um, I mean, my one question for you with, with Hardy is... How confident are you with, with the fact that he is going to get a bowl regularly? Let's just say Ashton Agar's fit and he's healthy or they use Cooper Connolly as a spinner. They, they're going to want to get some spinovers through. Then you've got four frontline quicks. Now, there's a there's a reality that all four don't play in the same team, right? So is that probably what you're banking on for Hardy to get his overs? Well, Morris was withdrawn from their, their shield squad the other day. So who knows what's yep. going on there? He's... Yep. He's obviously been in the test squad. So Cricket Australia mm-hmm. clearly has have their eyes on him. Uh, yep. Richo has obviously come back from injury. Um, bowled absolute gas today. And it was just immense to see him actually get some work under his belt. I think he had 23 overs. I can't remember his actual figures. Ty will just, he'll bowl until he literally can't anymore. So I don't think he gets rested. Um, I think there's a lot of narrative around the spinner, so to speak. 
Hardy's not he, Hardy's not that one forty five bowler. Like he's yeah. he's not he's not a when I say quick, I like to think of a quick bowler as one forty plus. Yeah. When I think of slow bowlers, you're thinking medium pace. Like Turner, there's been this narrative online and especially on Twitter that Turner's going to bowl. As soon as Agar's out, yeah. Turner's going Makes to sense. bowl. But he's he's literally the last time he averaged bowling an over a game was BBL six. This mm. man doesn't bowl unless they need to speed up this over rate. And I highly doubt yeah. that's going to happen. So I think what Hardy's going to bowl. I see it as Richo, Ty, Berendorf. We Berendorf got rested last year, just the off chance. He's now mm. a year older, even though he's been performing uh, for Australia, which is fantastic to see. And even though Hardy got absolutely slaughtered by India the other night, I think he went for 60-odd mm. off his four he overs. Went. Yeah, he did. You, you've got to remember that how many people are in India? Like the pool of people that they can pick from to play in mm. their T20 side or their test side, of course they're going to be gun players. Hardy's not going to be bowling to them every single week. So I think that might have deter, uh, deterred a few people, but I, I really think like he's he's going to bowl. He's he's going to bowl his two or three. He's not going to bowl four every single game. Chance yeah. that he might bowl four, you know, every one out of three. But it's not as if he's just going to be picked at three as a sole batsman. Like he's got so many more facets to his yeah. game than I think people give him credit for. Hardy yeah, is at twenty three percent owned too, and Walter is at eight percent. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's climbed over the last day, which which makes sense. They're both great picks. So, um, yeah, fair enough. I'm all for it if, if that's the case. Now, we, we had Will Sutherland down here as a pod as well. He was 16% owned. He probably climbed a little bit since the Richo news, but Big Horse, the Renegades fan in you, that, that's made you pick Will Sutherland. You, you've gone and chucked him into your team. Oh, yeah, it's made me giddy. Yep. I, th- I think he will get some death overs. Yeah, okay, cool. The chief himself. Um, really like his form over the past 18 months. He came on last year, started at a rookie price and jumped into what the 150s, 160s by the end of the year and was fairly consistent with his performances. So they've got a better team around him now, but that doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that he will bowl and he will bat at, what, six, seven. So we know he's a big hitter. If they need quick runs late in the innings, he's the man. I see a nice role for him. And he's, yeah. he's also... I think one thing where that you didn't mention, mate, is actually he's, he's a very good fielder. He fields so in he, dangerous positions. He's, right. he's yep. got absolute buckets for hands, and he's got a rocket arm. Um, and if you can have all those three aspects, I think you think you're doing pretty well for a fantasy prospect. For sure. Yep. Good shout. Um, tell me how much interest you had in Bo Webster Scobes before he got named in the PM's eleven squad um i was higher on him than i was on stoyness that's for sure it's just the price was a little bit deterring for me at 170k it's a bit steep no uh, no i completely agree the price put me off and the fixture honestly as soon as i saw the fixture and like it was worked out that it's how it obviously is now um and i guess if you if you want a loop as well i just don't feel comfortable having i guess well, max max is an auto select I just wouldn't feel comfortable having more than two people not playing in a bye week on the bench. Mm-hmm. It just because yep. like, laid outs can happen. Like I, I remember last year, Paddy Dooley was ruled out with like three minutes to go till, um, yep. till they actually started bowling because he hurt his quad. Now, and I know that you can put that down to be a once off or you know whatever it is, but it happened. It might never happen again, but it has happened. So I just think 
nah, like I just, it's it's nothing against him, so to speak, but it's just wrong place and definitely the wrong time. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, he's been in pretty good form though. Earned his PM's 11 spot. So good luck to him. It's just probably not super coach relevant anymore. Unfortunately, maybe unless he drops in price a little bit, has a bit of a slow start. We might have a look at him um, in the, in the future rounds, but That'll, um, that'll wrap up the pods uh, that are brought to you by Ryan from Astute Newstead. So if for, any, for anybody that's been hit pretty hard with the interest rate rises like we have, I'm, I'm sure that you're probably feeling the hurt a little bit. So you can hit up Ryan from Astute Newstead. He'll give you an obligation for free consult. He'll talk to you about your situation and, and go to over 50 lenders he's got access to. So if uh, you're, you're looking for a man to get your interest rate down or, or sort something out for you to, to make life a little bit easier to live financially, then hit Ryan up. RyanHatchetEganWealth.com is his email, or you can reach him on Instagram at RyanAstuteNewstead. Now, mate, let's move into the cheapies. Now, there are some absolute banger cheapies to, to look at this year. Um, the first one and the one that keeps climbing in, in my mind at the moment is Cooper Connolly. Now, Cooper Connolly's role at state level at the moment is supreme. So from what we've seen is 70K, 16% owned. That might have climbed a tiny bit since writing these notes. But Big Horse, what are your thoughts on Cooper Connolly? Is he in your team? How, how do you see it playing out? Recently opened the batting, didn't he, for WA? Yeah, and bowling well. Yep. He, I'm guilty. He's in for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use him. And um, he's, he's the way of the future there for Perth. So... Opened the bat with WA recently, and he's bowling his full allotment of overs. He bowled 10 overs in a 50-over match with Perth recently. They are leaning into him because he's the future. Every chance he opens the batting for Perth as well, while Zach Crawley is with the English squad. At 70K, opening the batting, there's some coin to be made too. Yeah, I think it all comes down to whether Ashton Agar's fit um, for me uh, as to whether he gets a bowl, but he might. they might just pick him to bat um, and, and play two spinners. Uh, Ashton Agar should bat what six or seven, shouldn't he? If he's if he's fit and healthy. What are your thoughts here on Connolly Scobes? Is is he in your sights? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When I when I had a look this morning, he jumped up to twenty percent. Um, it was interesting to note that he he was injured, and then as soon as he was available, he came in as he said, big horse, and he opened the batting. He actually pushed Darcy Short down to the middle order. Now I know that at, uh, I know he's been in you know shit house form, and that's. Not that big of an achievement, but in saying that, straight back from injury into a Western Australian team, which, you know, they're a no strong marks. team. Mm. Yeah, like we're not talking about just 11 plonkers here. He's he, he does bowl well. He took one for 41 off 10, so he's not going for heaps of runs. Ideally, you want a few more wickets, but 70K, like that's – it's so nice. If he – I guess if he does open – I mean, Hobson could open. I know Crawley's not there. Evans might even open. Or if mm-hmm. they if they just go with Connolly. The one thing that I think puts it in good stead is, isn't Vosges the coach of Western Australia? And he's also yes, the yeah. Perth Scorchers coach. Yeah. Now, wouldn't it make sense if you're going to bring a guy straight back from injury to open and you've got an opening spot that's free in your T20 side the, with a bloke that can bowl spin as well and you're missing your frontline spinner? Wouldn't you just slot said player straight into there? Stop making sense. Well, maybe maybe that's just a little bit too obvious for me. But yeah, again, as we spoke about before, this myth of Turner bowling. Like, I'll, I'll eat my sock if he comes out this year and actually starts bowling. You know, two, three overs consistently a game because it's a pure myth. I, 
maybe it's to do with overrate. I don't know. But in the last three editions of BBL, he's bowled 24.5 overs out of 254 overs of slow or medium pace bowling. So I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. It's literally one tenth of it. So if Connolly, I think it's is, hope. Yeah, it could could be. And Turner's price nicely as well. I know he's coming back from injury, but if Connolly's opening the batting, why would you not pick him? That's mm. that's my question. I don't see why you wouldn't. Yep. yep. Dual position as well. And look, at, let's say worst case, he falls out of the lineup. Something happens. Whatever you use him as your loop. You can use him as your bench loop if he's not playing. I mean, and also we need to remember that Perth have the buy in round four and five, so they've got back to back buyers. They're the only team to have it. And if you've got Cooper Connolly and Sam Whiteman, you've basically got your loop in every position sorted in round four and five. You don't even have to think about it. You've got your two non players ready to go. So I know there is um, there was a little bit of talk about Hamish McKenzie as well playing. I know he's not a DPP player, but he'd um, definitely hinder uh, Connolly's chances of actually uh, getting a game. And bowling, but obviously with those stress fractures, he's, yeah, he's yeah, no no chance to be playing anytime no. soon. So, unfortunately, one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's right, our treasure to take. So, recommend to get him in now. Um, another very popular loop option is Nikhil Chowdhury, who's just been signed in the last couple of weeks for the Hobart Hurricanes. Hobart playing nice and late in this uh, first round makes things quite advantageous for, for Nikhil Chowdhury and could be the perfect loop option there to, to downgrade to 42k basement price. Uh, what are your thoughts on using the loop with Chowdhury? Is he a guy that obviously you won't have in your starting team, but you'll be able to fall back to if you want to use your emergency scopes? The, if there's one thing that I've learned through even just super coach for AFL, whatever it might be, any game that has the possibility to loop, you loop. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good you think a player is in the first game. If you can loop, you loop. So absolutely, absolutely. The only thing I'll say against that is just keep an eye on your structure. Like there's nothing worse than when you think you've done amazing one round and then the game opens to the next round. You think, holy shit, I'm four blokes down here because I picked a loop just to gain an extra, say, 60 points from a VC captaincy. Yeah, and, and long-term cash gen, I think, is is very important. Uh, I know that it's a shortened series. We've only got nine rounds this year, down from 13 the year before. So cash is cash is still important, though. Generating cash to, to make sure you build your bank and your squad and get those premium players in is, is crucial still, regardless of how long the competition could be. It could be five rounds or 50. I don't care. You need to make cash. And having a loop player that's not playing on your bench aren't, isn't going to make you cash. So I, I'd be wary to those people that are going in with two loops, um, I've seen some teams or a lot of team makeups that have Chowdhury and they've also got uh, a couple of other or someone else in the bat slot that, that isn't going to play. Um, I, I'd be wary of using two, but I think Chowdhury is probably the one you want to go with if you if you want to utilize that. So um, Now, these two guys, you mentioned Jack Wood earlier, Scopes. I might let you run with this one, mate. He's not very high owned, 5%. So people aren't really looking yet, but if you see him in the lineup, he's uh, all well, systems go. If... And he, he could be one of those players that just because people just don't recognize the name. I think um, when, when we're talking about fantasy sports, we get so obsessed with names. And it's just like you, you see, say, Darcy Short. What, what's he done recently that warrants him being picked? I can answer that. Uh, Fuck all. Don't yes, pick him. perfect. Absolutely yeah. nothing. I mean, that price, why not go Henry Hunt? He's not knocking the door down, but he's making more runs than Short. But it's just... 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like Wood, he's he's clearly got some talent. He can clearly bat anywhere. I know he opened um he opened for Ipswich, and I know that's only Premier cricket, but at least he's getting that opportunity to do it. He took four wickets against the Pakistan A team. Now, if it all comes down to how well you think a Pakistan A team should, um, I guess perform. If you think they're a bunch of duds, then obviously you're not going to think much of it. But if you think they're half decent cricketers, probably going to think Woods all right. Now at 62.5k DPP, if he's named first game, it is just a free kick at the goal. Because I highly doubt he's going to bat anywhere outside the top five. And that could that could be even him batting at five and they don't even go with Brown. He, he bowled two overs today. He took one for 12. He doesn't get the um, the over bonus, but obviously he gets a wicket for it. Made 57 off 25 rocks. So clearly he can hit a ball. It's just, I think the moving pieces of that heat lineup really go against him and because he's not a name. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good shout. Anything to add there on that, on that, Mick? Does he pique your interest at all? He does. But Scobes has taken the words out of my mouth. There's way too many moving pieces there at, at Brisbane. If I see that he's named round one and he's playing, yeah, he'll be there because it'll make me coin. But if he's not, it'd be very hard to have him there. Now, I guess another guy, and we're not really mentioning anybody that's on the single game week to to get started. One, because there aren't a ton, but but two, because you want to attack the schedule, I think, early. I think that's important. But Joel Davies is kind of an interesting one, isn't he? 78K, 6% owned at the moment. Um, just gone over to field for Australia as well. Going to be a net bowler over there in the T20 series against India. So, I mean, they've got him in their sights. Clearly, they think highly of him enough to, to bring him into the Australian squad to do a bit of work with them. So, he must be doing some good things playing pretty well uh, locally as well. Now, there's a realistic chance he might find a spot in round one, depending on if Stephen you know, keeps fit. I don't think he's played any cricket yet, has he, for Hawkesbury? Um, yet with a finger injury, I think it is, which can, he, he's injured with something uh, every every other year, isn't he? You're always going to struggle to get a season together, isn't he? He, he just fits perfectly into that Sean Marsh um, category. It's like, you've been such a fantastic servant, but... For our um our fantasy, I guess, relevance and prospects, just fuck off. <laughs> like it's oh, I know he's been fantastic, but he, he's yeah. he's always injured, he's always got something wrong with him, but he always pops off when you don't have him. He always goes yep. large in a double game week. But they they it hasn't been confirmed, but there's speculation I think uh Rian Ahmed is going to give the BBL a miss, citing workload, yep. which I mean, if bowling four overs is too hard for you and coming out to play on like a working holiday, then fair enough. But he's realistically their only spin option, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Todd Murphy will come back into this squad, but he's going to miss a bit of cricket. He could mm, be within the test yeah. squad. We don't. There's no guarantee that he'll see any BBL uh, um, if they get him in amongst the test cricket this, this uh, summer. So, yeah, 100%. He could be that guy that slots in and bats at six or seven um, and kind of plays that little Dan Christian role at, at the back end of the innings and then could be the perfect little guy to come in and bowl four overs in, in the middle of the innings. And I mean, who doesn't want to be a spinner at the SCG or the showgrounds or, or whatever? Like, mate, the SCG is just a breeding ground for spinners and you, there's your home ground. So he's if he's in game one, if he's in round one, um, I'm, I'm definitely picking him. I'm not thinking twice. Oh, absolutely. And I guess, again, it goes with the team that he's going to be playing for as well. 
Sixers just against you can compare them with Perth. They just they get the job done. They know how to win. It's kind of annoying in a way, but it's it's not as if um yeah, I guess they're playing for a lesser established team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm a Thunder supporter. I'm a Western Sydney boy, so I'm I'm with you on the fuck the Sixers train. So, uh, yes, absolutely with you on that. Um, any other cheapies, lads? Before we move on, Dan, that springs to my mind. Sure no, oh, I guess um, mentioned the you always spoke ones. about it in the last podcast. He's on a single team for Sanger, but yep. I, I think I think you two did a wonderful job covering that. And unfortunately, he's on a single, but come come the double. I think he'll be, as, as you already Grand said, four. one of the most yeah. traded in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, the cheapies are brought to you by bonus bank, bonusbank.com.au. You can get uh, a free account. You can sign up to a free account. And um, if you use the code insight, you can get 25% off your first month of their premium service. So uh, go and check out bonus bank. Thanks for their support. Now, Fades and antipods is the, the spicy part that we move into the podcast where we're talking about some popular guys that maybe we're not huge fans on. Uh, there are a couple of names here that might pique some interest for a few people, and I know, Scobes, we're on the same page. So, mate, before we dive into the, the spicy one, the obvious one here, Michael Nisa is still 45% owned, and I'm assuming that is purely just because people haven't opened the app or even looked until they find out BBL, oh, shit, BBL's tomorrow, better fix my team. Am I right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Unless you've been living under a rock or, you know, you haven't been watching even test cricket and seeing that he's been carrying the drinks for the good part of a decade, obviously not a decade, but just, you know, near about, bit of a, um, yeah, an extension of time there. But it just, if one of the quick bowlers gets rotated, surely he is first in line, is he not? Yeah. I mean, the bloke was making runs for fun. It was, and not just you know thirties and forties. He was making hundreds, tons. yeah. yeah like, and he was making good tons as well. Not just you know hundred and out. He's making them in England. Made a few here, batting really well. I just, it's just unfortunate that um, that PM's eleven game is on because he was the easiest vice captain yeah. ever. Yeah, definitely. Another. He's uh, gone thank down you to, to Albanese. He's gone down to thirty eight percent on now too. So. It looks as though people are starting to recognise this. 38% more to go. I think um, mm. just with with what you're saying, and I, I know it's difficult, but I've, I've noticed Supercoach is very um, – they're not very up-to-date either. Like in AFL um, Supercoach, you know how you, you get the dots and whatnot yep. for players injured and all that. But surely, surely like what – can we not have that for the pre-season – does that not like it? Surely that's not too hard to do. If if yeah. we know that, like, if we as I mean, I don't work for Supercoach, but if I know that a player is not going to play, surely someone that works for him does. I mean that that would help out, I guess, um, retaining players. No doubt they're watching this podcast. So after oh, you hear yes, this bit of information, yes. uh, let us know: is it viable it. to put the green dot, the red dot, the blue dot? that it would help the community know whether a player is playing or not. So there's some oh, advice to those that absolutely. create. 
Supercoach. And while they're there fixing that, can they also shorten the time that it takes for NRL Supercoach round to end between uh, maybe less than 16 hours between the last game and, and lockout opening back up? AFL did that really well. You guys are open the same night. NRL, we, I'm waiting until lunchtime on the Monday looking at my phone going, fuck, has lockout ended yet? I wonder what I came this this round. Um, I'm, I'm nearly looking at Teamless Tuesday, looking at fucking lineups before I haven't I know where I came that week. So anyway, so well... Well, super coach people are watching. If they can fix that up, that'd be awesome. Now, um, Big Horse, I might lead you into this one, mate. He's a, he's a Melbourne boy. He's very yeah. popular. Um, but we're not huge fans. No, we're not. So all depending on how many bowlers are picked and where he bats, Marcus Stoinis at 35% owned still. Realistically, seven to eight of the stars round one squad could bowl. So we're going to go Maxwell. Well, Webster's not no, going to be there. Webster's out now. Yeah, Osama Mir. If he's he there. might not. Might not be there, yep. yeah. Harris Rowe may or may not be there. Steckity's out with PMs and stuff. Nathan Coutinol, Liam Dawson. Like, the list just goes on. So, batting at five in the IPL and for Australia, likely stays there. Open the bowling for Australia in game one and it did not bowl in game two. There's just too much doubt surrounding Stoinis. A couple of years ago when he was opening and belting the pill all over the park, and bowling, yeah, awesome. Bring him in, but I just don't like his form at the moment. The fact that he's not opening, it doesn't really scream pick-me-pick-me pick me at the moment. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of slid into that five role in, in a number of different formats as well. So, you know, in the like you mentioned, in the IPL and for Australia, he's batted five. It wouldn't make sense for the Stars to bat him anywhere else but where he's batted in T20 cricket for the last 18 months. Mm. So, and you you mentioned all the bowlers there. There's going to be a few out potentially. So maybe he does get a trundle in game one. I think this is the ultimate trap. We see him in game one and he's batting five, but there aren't many bowlers listed. Maybe they list a couple of all-rounders. Everyone goes, oh, Stoinis is going to get a bowl with the, with the amount of bowlers they've named. And then in game two, when your PM's 11 guys are coming back, uh, Sam Amir and Harris Rolf have probably made it into the country by then and Pakistan have released them. So they're ready to go. You bring in Steckity, Ralph and Mir straight back into this team in game two of round one. And Stoinis back goes back into the abyss of not bowling ever again. And you've picked a guy that's going to bat five. So that's, that, that's kind of the way I see it. And Webster. Exactly. I didn't even mention him. Thoughts, Scobes? I know you're probably on the same wavelength as us. I just, yeah, I don't like it. When the, um, when the game opened, I was, I was all aboard. Um, but look, looking at who they've signed, it's just like he doesn't even do it for Australia consistently. I mean, personally, I don't think he should be playing for Australia because he hasn't done anything in eons. Um, but it's just there's way, way too many things going on there. Um, there was – I'm feeling – is it Peter Moore that's the coach? Yes. Is that, yep. is that correct? Yeah, he had an interview on SEN the other day. Um, and I know he was a recent coach of a Pakistani T20 side and he very much wanted to just go all guns blazing at the top. So he kind of alluded to that Maxi's going to open, but then they got onto Stoin and he was talking about, well, he's such a very good finish. He's a very good finisher. He knows how to end a game. And he just alluded to how he does that for Australia, how he does that in the IPL. I just, I don't see why it would just suddenly change and then he would just go, from five or six to say one, two or three. Like in yep. my eyes, in a fully fit team, he's behind Webster. He's probably just yep. before Hilton Cartwright if he's picked, but that that's probably still at five. 
So not no thank you. I mean the price is so enticing, but sometimes with prices you got to remember why they're that price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good, good point. point. He definitely earned that 116k price tag last year. I had him most of last year, and he did my fucking head in the whole the whole season, oh. and it was painful. So um, yeah, no thanks. I might fade as well to start. And look, hey, if we get this one wrong and he bowls and fuck, I mean they've just signed too many fucking bowlers. There's too many yeah, bowlers no. in this lineup for him to be relevant with the ball in the hand. So um, I'm happy to fade. I feel good about it. And I also feel good about fading Ashton Agar. Guy's racing the clock to be fit. Uh, he's got a calf injury. Uh, I feel like it's injury after injury with this bloke as well. Uh, when he does play, he could bat as high as six. And obviously, he's going to get a bowl. That's his primary role. But I, I don't see him playing in round one. I haven't really heard much or seen much around this injury. And we know calf injuries niggle like nothing else. Um, so they're usually pretty cautious with calves and hamstrings. And, and I have a feeling cause he's an Australian contracted cricketer. There is every chance that these guys are going to be pushing for him to be really cautious with his rehab as well. So he's still in over 20% of teams as well. Do you guys agree? Oh, I completely agree with, yeah, with what you said. Uh, don't agree why he's in that many teams. I think anyone that has been in, I guess the eyesight of cricket Australia, they will be telling the clubs about how they, they should be managing said player when we hear that like you know the clubs clubs are going to be working closely with the player to make sure their re- rehabilitation's on track and they're going to be back by whatever date it is that's bullshit like it's such a load of crap because yeah. do we really like cricket australia if for instance spencer johnson perfect example he was obviously picked in that t20 side do we really think brisbane heat are going to be the ones that are controlling that rehab absolutely no, no fucking way no way in yeah. hell so nah and I mean, Agar, like, will he really, as he said, those calves, will he really be pushing himself to come back? Maybe if he was playing at a lesser side, but I'm fairly sure they can cope without him. And as someone who owned Agar last year and thought they were a genius for putting him on the bench, those 25s and 30s that he consistently dishes out, do your fucking head in. Because he doesn't take as many wickets as you perceive. He just ties it down. Yeah. Well, and then oh, what about he can? Yeah. Yep. What What about if I told you that outside of his year where he averaged fifty five, the four years around that he averaged thirty four, thirty five, forty three, and forty six? I'd say that that's fucking overs. Mm. Yeah. No. No way. No way. It's just. I mean, so you look at his season rankings, right? In terms of the, you know, where he sits amongst the good players. He's last year he was the sixty first best player. Um, there was one outlier year where he averaged 55 and he was the ninth best player that year, but then he was the 76, 71st and 35th best player. So there's, when you're looking at that many good players ahead of this guy, even if he was fit, why are we picking him? Let's just disregard the calf and disregard all of the conversation around the injury. I still wouldn't pick him if he was healthy. No, no. I think, I think the DPP does things to people's heads. I just think that's another, it's like a glorified layer on top of the name. And just because someone has DPP, it's it's no assurity for points. It just, I mean, yep. it, yes, it helps team structure out, but it's not as if you know if you stack your team with DPP players, you're not guaranteed an extra hundred points mm. at the end of the round. It's a good point, mate. Uh, moving on to Hayden Kerr, 141k, he's about 15% owned. Mick, he's injured at the moment. He's got a side strain. Sixer mm-hmm. squad is stacked. They're they're strong. They've got a lot of good bowlers in their lineup. Could, he could even bat as low as eight, potentially, in this lineup. Could even maybe not make their best 11, realistically. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I do, which is shocking when we consider how good he was in patches last year. But given that he has had the injury, uh, Curran, very similar type of player. Yeah, it's a no from me, dog. Yeah, Scopes? Nah, nah, no way. It's just anyone that's had any kind of injury going into this, and I mean, even even Sean Abbott got a rest last year. Now, I know that he's not yeah. of the pedigree of Sean Abbott, but I mean, I think Abbott would have more of a say when he gets rested and he'd be more entitled to tell blokes yeah. to, you know, fuck off when he wants if they come asking. But no, nah, not, not with that injury. No way. No. Nah. On your sab. Yep. Um, now, we, we already mentioned these guys, but we'll touch on them very quickly. Liam Dawson, he's only going to play three games, so I think that's a fade from us. We mentioned at the start of the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, now, Travis Head and Mitch Marsh are in a lot of teams still for some reason. Um, now, we, we still don't have latest news on whether Travis Head and Alex Carey are going to suit up for game one like Steve Smith and, and the Brisbane boys are. Mitch Marsh, we haven't heard anything about that, but he's the kind of all-rounder in the test squad at the moment, and he's earned that, so... I'd, I'd say we won't see any BBL cricket from him. Uh, Ryan Ahmed, like you mentioned, Scobes, he's selected for England white ball duties, so he's he's not going to be here. And then obviously he's come out saying that workload's a concern. Uh, I may, may, I'm a leg spinner myself. I know bowling leggies is tough, but uh, I don't know whether it's that tough that you're concerned about your workload rolling the arm over 24 times once every four days. So, um, But anyway, I don't know whether they breed him the same over in, in England than they do here. So... Um, We'll, we'll leave that one through. Piers Morgan's going to fucking hit me up tomorrow. Watch this. And um, James Baisley injured his hammy. So that, I guess, is another kind of spanner to throw in the works there for the Adelaide Strikers. Baisley comes back in probably round two at this stage, I think, um, which, again, then we talked about it at the start, probably hurts Overton even more so um, than Payne did. So anything else to add on, on those boys, guys? No, I nah. just think... Um... No, I think I think there's also uh, this is just pure speculation. Um, English seems to be the new, I guess, wicket keeping love child for cricket yeah. Australia. Is there is there in any world that Kerry doesn't make the squad and they go with English? Look, uh, you know they they could, but I mean they're coming off an Ashes victory with. Carry in that squad. I don't, I don't know whether he's done enough to lose it. And I think Inglis has yep. done enough yep. to win it, but I don't know whether yep. Carey's done enough to lose it. That's that's probably my thoughts on it. Yep. I think just performance-wise, Carey hasn't really done much, and he's looked yeah. so horrible. And he, he, I guess it was warranted that he lost his spot. I mean, Inglis didn't really... I mean, he made 100 in a dead rubber series, and obviously it takes some skill in the T20, but... At the end of the day, I mean, who really cares? India are playing their B team. So I can understand that, but it just it just makes me think, like, if Kerry isn't selected, he, I'd be very interested in trying to work out a structure where you could just bench him. Because I, I know in BBL, he yeah. just seems to pop. So and yeah. obviously he'd open the batting as well. Um, just food for thought. I don't think it'll ever eventuate, but if we're, yeah, thinking of things that may happen, it's a close watch, Alex, absolutely. Alex Kerry is 6% owned as well, averaged 49.3 in the 2022-23 season. Mm. Not too bad, not too bad. Yeah. Definitely a close watch there. Um, boys, that's all the dual positions wrapped up. We've gone through fades, we've gone through our must-haves, we've talked cheapies where you're going to make your cash. Uh, we've talked through point of difference players as well, and... Um, We've had a good time, Scobes. Thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. Really uh, appreciate having the chat. It's been good to 
talk to someone other than the big horse. I know he's probably sick of me at the moment as well, so it's nice to break up the group a little bit, isn't it? No, no, it was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you both for having me on. It's it's always a good time when we're talking about fantasy sports. Um, yeah, and I guess BBL is just one of those games where it takes a bit of skill and a little bit of luck along the way. So it's, it's always good to actually, I guess, um, verbalise ideas and theories rather than just thinking of yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when I talk yeah, to my absolutely. missus about BBL, I get nothing back. So I'm relying on the community here to give me my feedback. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's it's always is um, there'll be one game on, and then you know you get those double headers. Yes. Where are they playing this? It's just like I oh, just don't worry. Oh, it's, don't I'd worry. say it's the same game. It's just a long one. It's gone to overtime. Yeah. So <laughs> overtime. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Someone I know who's um. I know who's got voted off Love Island. I think that that's that's more the relevant conversation I'm having with my wife at the moment. So, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's tough. But um, guys, that'll that'll do. That'll wrap us up, um, guys. If you if you haven't yet, please hit subscribe, hit like on the on the content, mate. Uh, and Scopes as well. When where can people follow you, mate? Because you're you're obviously pretty, uh, uh, I guess, up and coming or, or talking a lot in the community about your trades, your your team, and and a bit of advice around BBL. Where can people reach you, mate? Oh, take take it with a grain of salt, though. Always, um, always do things the way you want. Don't don't do something because some peanut on a social media platform told you to. It's just at Scobie Bryant thirty six on X, as it's I guess now yeah, now X, known. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, always keen to have a discussion. Um, if you like tweets regarding Collingwood um, or tweets <laughs> regarding how shit Carlton are, always always include me because I'm always down for that. Love that. For those of you that, yeah, struggling to find Scabby Bryant 36, he will be in the description on X when we do release this pod. Yeah, for sure. And Mick, before we wrap up, mate, what's coming in the next six or seven days? We've got a couple of episodes in the bank, don't we, coming oh, up? Heaps, don't we? It's exciting. We've got a live coming up next week where we're going to throw it out to the community. We're going to put on display our teams as they stand prior to round one. And allow the community to see exactly what we're thinking, why we're picking these players. And the best part of live is that you can drop into the comments, ask us why, ask us questions. We're open to feedback, but we're also open to answering your questions. So join us for that live. I reckon it'll be next Tuesday night, Nate. Is that right? Uh, Wednesday, maybe. Tuesday Wednesday, or Wednesday. It'll be one of those days. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out. We'll let you know. If you follow us on X, you'll find it as well there. But, guys, that'll do. Thanks for watching. Uh, We'll see you in a... A couple of days' time when we're getting nice and close to BBL 13 kicking off. Until then, you've been listening to an Insight Fantasy Sports podcast. Catch you later. See ya.